Hello, friends. This is the Spirituality for Ordinary People podcast. My name is Matt Bruff. I'm a pastor and an author and the host of this show. We are in season two. Actually, we're wrapping up season two today and uh, with episode five. Um, So just five episodes in this season, and we'll be back uh, in a little while with uh, another season, season three, where we'll focus on uh, a whole other set of spiritual practices all around um, walking, actually. So we'll spend some time talking about prayer walking and walking labyrinths and pilgrimage. And uh, that's that was a recurring theme in some of our older episodes on uh, season one, which was uh, much longer than season two. Uh, but uh, that kept coming up. And that's one of my favorite ways to pray is to get outside and walk. Um So that's coming up, um, but we are wrapping up a season where we've been focusing on the examine as a spiritual practice. And uh, so if you've been following along and you heard uh, episode four, I had Dana Trent on and uh, I had actually interviewed her. We had a great conversation, less of an interview and more just kind of a chat between friends. Um, and, uh, and I ended up splitting that conversation into two parts because it went for quite a long time. So today, to conclude this season, I have part two of the conversation with Dana Trent. Uh, so we talk a bunch about um, the examine, but we kind of go uh, stray a little bit as well. We talk a bunch about Dana's book. Um, so her, her latest book is One Breath at a Time, A Skeptic's a skeptic's guide to Christian meditation. And I highly recommend it, uh, getting that book. Um, and she was on the podcast previously talking more in depth about that book in particular, but we do talk about it a little bit here. Uh, and then we also spend a bunch of time talking about another resource that I'm, I recommended in this season is a book by Jim Manny called a simple life changing prayer. It's a short book, um, and if you are looking for an introduction to the examine that is really readable and um, and also really uh, goes quite in depth as well in a very short amount of time, uh, this is a great book. Um, so A Simple Life-Changing Prayer, Discovering the Power of St. Ignatius Loyola's Examine by Jim Manny. And uh, I, I read a bunch uh, from this book toward the end of this conversation with Dana. And so I hope you enjoy what you hear. Uh, and maybe that'll encourage you to go and check that book out. Um, this season has been uh, has been really great uh, looking at the exam. And I was hoping to wrap this up during the season of Lent. It's now the season of Easter and uh, well into that time. Um, I recorded this conversation during Lent with Dana, as you'll uh, as you'll hear. Um, but, um, you know, I decided not to worry too much about when the episodes were coming out and just kind of do this at a pace that was going to work for me. Uh, and hopefully that's going to be helpful for you as a listener as well. Um, so there will be a a third season coming soon, uh, hopefully really soon, maybe, uh, towards, um, the end of this month, um, recording this in May, 2019. And, uh, and so you can look forward to that, uh, I kind of wanted to do the uh, the practice of of walking uh, in what are the summer months for me in Winnipeg in Canada. Um, so because uh, it's uh, it's maybe slightly more pleasant to be outside in the months of June and July and August. So uh, that is coming. 
Uh, I did want to say a little bit about uh, the examine uh, overall, just as I'm wrapping up, because I'm recording this intro, obviously, after the uh, kind of at the end of looking at this season. And I just think this is a super helpful practice. Um, It is supposed to be practiced daily. And um, I can't say that I have done that. Um, But I do think it's a great daily practice to have in your spirituality toolkit. I think this provides a real structure for daily prayer that is incredibly helpful. I do think as well that the word practice, Dana uses the word practice a lot in this interview, in this conversation. And I think that's a really helpful word when we think about the examine, because it's a practice that helps us to or focuses us on noticing God's presence and activity in our daily lives. And the reason I would like the word practice is because it's it's kind of like setting aside 15 minutes to practice that, and you end up actually noticing more of God's activity during your daily life, noticing God's presence, noticing what God is up to and what God is doing and where God might be uh, doing something. I mean, we can sort of say, well, God is everywhere present. God is always doing things. But it just gives us almost a new set of eyes to see uh, the connections um, of, of what the Holy Spirit is up to in the world. And so we practice that in order to put it into practice in our life. And so I think Manny talks about this in his book as well, about how the daily examine starts to have an effect on us. And it happens kind of over a long time. So Uh, It can be hard sometimes with spiritual practices because we might try it out and think, oh, that's not really for me. Um, But but this is one of those I think we need to try out numerous times or keep coming back to so that it can work on us and so that our practice of it enables us to to start to have this change in our life and how we see things and how we um, understand how God is at work. And so I really encourage you if you have found this helpful, or if you're just kind of listening through these episodes now, um, to take some time and go through those steps of the exam and set time aside in order to uh, be able to practice this um, and keep coming back back to it. Uh, So once again, thanks for listening today. Um, We'll be back with a new season soon. And in the meantime, just uh, enjoy this conversation or the second half of this conversation with Dana Trent. I've come to know Ignatius via Sharon Safarth's Garner's book, Mandalas, Candles, and Prayer, a Simply Centered Advent. And that book was published by Upper Room Books in 2017. And she did an Advent journey in which every day at the end of Advent, she included an examine. And Mm -hmm. I loved the way she did it because it was so simple and it was four steps. And the steps are how did you notice God's presence during your practice? Offer gratitude, give God thanks for the practice that you just had or thanks in general. Growth, what challenged you today? What challenged you during your practice? What came easily? And then hope, what do you hope for tomorrow's practice and or what do you hope for tomorrow's day? Mm-hmm. And what I love about these four steps, God's presence, gratitude, growth, and hope is that they can be applied both at the micro level of a spiritual practice and the macro level of the day.
I love that it's both and, and because it's four, they're pretty simple to memorize once you get into a rhythm. And you're right in that it does shape the way you go about your day. And the word that always comes to me every day when I think about examine is notice Mm -hmm. over and over, whether I'm in my practice or I'm just going about my day, notice, noticing what's bubbling up. Because as an Enneagram 2, I'm always noticing other people's feelings, but twos can't notice. We, we aren't in touch with our own feelings. And so the examine is especially important for figuring out what's going on with you, a check-in with you and God during a practice and or the entire day. So that's how I use it in both my meditation practice and in my daily journaling practice. Okay, that's very cool. Can you tell me, what was, what was the first step again? Is that just really the noticing step or no? Sure. So yes, it's noticing God's presence. Okay. So when the way um, I have it outlined in my book is how did you feel God's presence during this daily meditation, if at all? Mm-hmm. So noticing God's presence is number one. And you know, and I have led this book in for Lent uh, for many different groups this year. And a lot of people will say, I, I, I can't feel God's presence. I can't feel God's presence. So kind of going full circle back to where we started, there are seasons of life where even that first step is going to be hard. So maybe you need to move to gratitude and maybe it's not gratitude for God's presence, but just gratitude in general. And so I do think you're right. It's a framework in which we can be flexible because spirituality is dynamic and this is spirituality for ordinary people, right? I mean, this is, this is your podcast. This is what you do. And so my mantra is do what works. You know, if something's not working, tweak it. And so those just happen to be the steps that, that I outlined in one breath at a time. I think too, in one breath at a time, like you're the examine that's there is also, it's linked to, another practice. And I think it sounds like the Advent book is a similar, mm-hmm. similar thing. So there's something else as well that is leading, leading in. I think in yours, it's the examine practice, the examine part comes after something else. Is that right? It does. It comes yeah. at the end of the meditation. And each of those meditations are different depending on the day, right? They, they, they are. Can you just so sort of describe that for us? Because I want to get at like, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, uh, is, is there's a context for the review and the, if there's confession as part of it, um, and even in the looking towards the next day, there's, there's, a, there's a context that's set really before getting into all of that, getting into the noticing. And I think, I think your, your meditation practices are what is setting that context Whereas on here, like it's a five-step examine, but really step one is a setting of the context. It's asking God for light. It's asking God to see as God sees. I think those are the meditation practices that are already setting that context up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well said. Yes. So, so can you give us an example of what, like what some of those meditation practices are and how that might help set the context for that review? Sure. Absolutely. So one breath at a time, a skeptic's guide to Christian meditation is a 40 day practice of leading Christians through five meditation methods. And the methods are breath meditation, centering meditation, Lectio Divina, 
loving kindness, and devotional meditation. So this was specifically geared towards Christians who are eager for a mind, body, spirit practice, but are kind of like hesitant, like, Ooh, is that Christian? Can I do that? Am I breaking rules? (laughs) So we wanted to lead them gently through a process of, of, of dipping their toe in and, or getting started if they, you know, had a meditation practice and left it behind for some reason. So much like the couple you were talking about who prays together during a set time of day, that's the context. So in this book, the readers read the meditation first. They might be in breath meditation. There's an opening freedom statement, and those are different every day, all 40 days. And it's essentially, it's a statement of humility. Like here I am, I'm here for the practice. I'm releasing judgment and off we go. And then it leads into an opening ritual. Then the meditation practice itself, which is only three minutes, a closing ritual, and then the examine of what happened during the practice. But that same examine could be also applied to the day, but you're right in that this particular examine is in within the context of a spiritual practice, namely Christian meditation. Mm-hmm. But I think what happens in doing those meditation practices is that it's, it's doing a similar thing to, and, and maybe providing even more space for understanding who you are in relationship to who God is. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's done in, in, in the one we're using, the one I'm using right now, that's done very, very quickly where it's really just saying, I'm asking God for light. I want to look at my day with God's eyes, not merely my own. But, but that statement is making a whole set of assumptions about we have a good understanding of who God is, that God is a God of love and grace, and that you are God's child and God loves you and cares about you. So there is no judgment upon you. Like, there's no judgment upon you. There's n- and, and you are free to enter into this time to, to really try to it's not as though the practice is there, the exam practice is there to say, oh, you're doing such a bad job of seeing your day with God's eyes. So let's remind you of that every day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's trying to open up the space for, for our freedom in Christ. And, and I think that's, in some ways, I feel like that's what a lot of the, the meditation practices in your book are really derived at trying to help people enter who they are in Christ or enter who they are as a child of God. Um, and, and I think if somebody's having trouble with that opening part of putting themselves in that frame of reference to be able to actually um, see as God sees, like if the noticing is actually not working, then, mm-hmm. then it's almost like we need more time on, on the setting of the context. And Manny's suggestion is to hang out more in the give thanks because we ha- we're familiar with that. So it's probably a simple way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what you do is you give really great tools, like in your book, which I've, I've read and, and we talked about on a previous episode too. But um, I think you do a great job of, of that. It's almost like a pre-step or in mind it's step one. It's not the giving thanks. There's gratitude as part of it. But, but you do a good job of that. Okay, who is God and who am I in God? Right. Um, and I think that's what those meditations do. So if people are having trouble with that or just sort of, this isn't working for me. Like I think going to something like your book, a resource like that. Um, I mean, people should feel free to go ahead and use yours. Like that's a good, good one to do. Um, but, uh, but I think that helps with, with setting that, that framework. 
I don't know. Does this make sense what I'm saying? It makes perfect sense. Absolutely. <laughs> because that was the whole, that was the whole point of, of the book. You're right. Is it is finding out who we are in God and who we are in relationship with God. Because my feeling growing up as a Baptist in North Carolina is that, yes, I did a lot of praying, but in my context, personally, praying was talking. I mean, obviously I like to talk a lot and it's hard for me to be quiet and be still. And, but you can't receive and you can't feel the spirit's movement and you can't listen for God sort of going back to what we were talking about too earlier. If you aren't, quieting yourself, quieting your thoughts, quieting your mind, and then opening your hands to receive. When it's just prayer formulas and God, I need this, I need this, or confessing or adoration or any of those, those are all wonderful, but there also has to be space just to listen. And that is so hard for folks, myself included. So that's why we built in the examine for them to see what happened when you tried to listen using one of these five methods. And it's often very hard for folks at first, but I'm learning through my Lenten group. We met last night for the fifth time and they said, now like, you know, there have been days where I don't practice, but then I jump back in. But now I find that I look forward to it and I'm noticing that it's shaping the way I'm responding during the day to the various things. And I think that's exactly what is true of examine as well. It's a way of structuring our spiritual life loosely in order to posture ourselves toward God so that we are living in God and we are living in faith throughout the day because we are more mindful and we notice more. That's what it all comes back to, right? Is this noticing. Um, and we've just got really good frameworks for it. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little more about the, about the, so that, so you mm -hmm. said, you said, okay, we're going to, we're going to do all this stuff so mm -hmm. that we can actually live. And I think that's really important. Like I think, we, I'll say like the order of these of how you're praying them is not, is not so important, but I think there's a reason why the, the last step is the last step <laughs> because it's taking us into the next day. Right. Um, so I don't like, I don't know, may, maybe you can say more about what you think I, before I, I keep saying a bunch of stuff and then saying, is this, is this a good thing to say, Dana, please affirm me, but no, so I'd, I'd rather ask you, what do you <laughs> It's no, it's all, it's all about practice. So the, so the, so that is so that we can live an authentic Christian life modeled on Christ and the gospels. And we can't do that if we are constantly running right from thing to thing to thing. And we also can't do that if we are constantly thinking that we are serving and doing gospel work, but we aren't standing still enough to examine or notice whether we are actually living in the way of Christ and living in the will of God. Because that's the other piece of this too, going back to kind of church work and activism and advocacy. You know, you and I know a lot of Christian activists who are go, 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 and doing all the time and serving all the time. But I think it was St. Catherine of Siena that said, yes, you can have action and you can have service in the name of the gospel, but you must also have contemplation. It is both. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And there it's like stepping with each foot, contemplation, action, contemplation, action, contemplation, action. The examine is so that we sit down and we are still in order to examine what has happened and what is happening so that we can live in the gospel. We can live in the way of Christ without this step. We're really, I mean, does our service mean much if it's not authentic, authentic and it's not centered in, in our faith and what we really believe? I don't think so. I think it, it needs to be centered in practice, in a spiritual practice. And I think Ignatius was actually going in the other direction saying you can't, it, having contemplation without action is sort of meaningless. Like we're just navel gazing. We're not, I probably didn't say navel gazing, but. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, it, we need both, right? Yeah, like we, both. Are, are critical to the Christian walk. And as soon as we overemphasize one over the other, we're kind of really missing something. So yeah. we could say, oh, you know, the, and, and I think Ignatius sort of implied this as well, that, that, um, that there is a, so that to meditation, like, okay, so we're going to do this practice so that we're uh, living full gospel lives so that we are uh, fully engaged in the world in service and in love. But the, the problem with it only being like one direction. So we're going to met, we're going to, we're going to pray so that we can be active in the world. Well, actually that that's true absolutely but there's also something a little lacking in that if that's our only way of thinking mm-hmm. because i feel like we're missing out then on relationship and communion with god as a goal in and of itself but what does it mean to actually enjoy god and mm-hmm. is that in is that out in the world or is that in uh t- quiet times of silence and stillness mm-hmm. um that's a great question. The, the The word that keeps popping into my head when you say communion with God is theoria. So this idea from the Orthodox church of gazing at God, right? So to be an adoration of God. And that's what contemplation in the Orthodox church leads to is this state, hopefully, of, of theoria of communion with God. And I, you know, I think it's got to be both. And I think that's we have all of it. Yeah. Exactly. It's all of it. It's all of it. You're exactly right. It really is. But it, it certainly ties our heart to God's heart and God's will when we take time to stop and do these practices so that we can serve and we can be in communion with God, all of it. It's a full, authentic spiritual life. Yeah. I, I And I think also like for me, this is kind of getting away from the exam and maybe, but um, like I, I find it really helpful to put this in like human terms and to not like not really think about God. Like I, I, it's super helpful, uh, having my daughter to think about. And, um, so I'll think like, you know, we, we play Lego together and, you know, we would still have a really great relationship if we were, if we weren't playing Lego, mm-hmm. but it's actually also really fun to play Lego. Mm-hmm. Um, or soccer or something like if you take that sort of playing Lego as the active, we're in the world doing something together. Mm-hmm. Um, the relationship is strengthened through doing that. Uh, and I feel like our relationship with God is strengthened through, through action. 
-hmm. And it's also strengthened through quiet time together. Yes. Um, It's strengthened through simple conversation, through listening. Mm -hmm. But it's also strengthened through the active. So I feel like all of that is actually about our relationship with God. And if we start to pull pieces off of it, like we just start to miss things. Agreed. And I think human relationships, we, we get that too. Like it's kind of a lousy human relationship if all we're doing is, is sitting and, uh, you know, in silence with each other. There's not really much relationship there, right? But it's good when you can sit in silence with another person. It is. So, it is. It's yeah. true. Yes. Um, and our model is Christ and Christ did all of those things. Yeah. So, you know, he, he was active, he taught, he served, he was in community, he had close friendships, he spoke with crowds, but in as much as he was with people, he withdrew to quiet mm-hmm. places mm-hmm. and was in communion with God. And this came up uh, in our group too, because Manny writes about this, about um, also Jesus had incredibly chaotic days filled with interruptions. Yes. And all- we will always complain about... <laughs> Oh, but my day's so busy and it totally didn't go the way I was hoping it would go. And there's all these things impinging on my time. And Jesus had a way of really actually entering into that with people. Mm-hmm. He found time to withdrew, withdraw and actually did do that. But then we also have examples of times when he went to withdraw by himself or with the disciples and he just got interrupted by the crowd and, and then decided, okay, you know, I guess we'll feed the 5,000 then, you know, like that's right. Mm-hmm. We'll just, we'll just do this. I know every, I know we're all tired, but mm-hmm. everybody's got to eat. So, so let's do that and we'll find, but then we'll come back to when are we going to go to the quiet place? That's right. That's um, right. So it wasn't as though, like, I sometimes think like we're craving this balanced life. Mm. And when we look at Jesus' life, it seems totally out of balance. <laughs> That is a really good point. Yes. It's Mark Buchanan, I think, that wrote um, Rest in God, which is a Sabbath book. And also Henry Nouwen speaks to this, but you're exactly right. The constant interruptions. I think the gospel of Mark has the word immediately in it over 50 times. You know, everything is like, go, 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 lots of verbs. And you're right. It's just chaos. And so you're right. We do need to remember that, that Jesus didn't have this perfect balance of life. And so he's our model. He's our authentic model, but it's, but it's all of these things of, of living, living life here, but also longing for communion with God. It's both. And. So can I ask you, like, uh, I think this has been a great conversation about the examine and all kinds of other things. So can I ask you how, like, I, I don't know if you're doing something similar right now in your own spiritual practice or what, how are things going for you in your spiritual life uh, right now? What are you doing and how are, how is that going? I'm actually continuing to, to read my own practice with one breath at a time. And part of that is because I'm teaching it this Lent. Right. The other part is that, you know, I've probably been through this 40 day practice now, this curriculum for, for lack of a better word, because I'm a teacher at least four or five times. And every time I discover something new and it's wonderful because it's becoming muscle memory, but not in a way that's making it mundane rather in a way that I I sit down and I do it no matter what, even if it's painful and I don't want to do it, 
Um, and then the examine comes. I'm ready for those four steps at the end of it, right? I've got, not that I fly through them, but I know where, where I'm heading. Now, I don't know what the individual answers will be to each question, what the responses will be. I learn something new every day. The other thing that I'm doing that's new is that I will write a word or a feeling associated with, with each step of the examine in oh, a journal. And your listeners may also, of which I am one of them, find this helpful because then you can flip back through over the weeks or the days or the years and see which word you had associated with each examined step and what might have been going on in your life or how the words change over time. There you can really see the gratitude, the growth, and the hope manifesting, unfolding right before your eyes in black and white in your own writing. So that's a new thing for me. And I really love that of adding the exam and journaling, if you will, to my daily practice. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And so you're teaching, you're te- and you mentioned this earlier, you're teaching a group right now. And so like, how has that group been, re- been responding? You kind of hinted at it a little bit already, but is there anything that jumps out at you that you've kind of learned through being in that community? I have learned so much, so much. And this is my own church. So this is, these are my, these are my people, but boy, has it been like pulling teeth to get them to practice, which is so funny to me. It's hilarious, but I think it's, it's, it's human resistance to any spiritual practice. Um, especially examine because we have to sit and be still and really think about how, how things are going. But now that we're in, let's see what you're preaching actively. So you know what week we're in for Lent where we've got two it weeks until Easter. Yeah, Lent, Lent five coming up. Lent five. That's I'm right. Not, I'm not preaching that actively anymore. So, <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I just had the last two Sundays off. So. But you passed that test. You knew Lent five. So we're in Lent five and now they're starting to get the rhythm because right. I think, you know, like everyone, they think that they have to, it has to be perfect and it's right. got to be tidy and that keeps them from, from jumping in. So I have learned a lot about people and I've learned a lot about how spiritual practice works in groups. Mm -hmm. And there has been a lot of wisdom that has come out of doing the meditation and the examine together. Um, I think for both them and for me and a lot of surprises, a lot of them are talking about this muscle memory and how now, even though it's up and down and up and down and up and down, they're starting to see some consistency over time. And that's really what it's about. That's what spirituality for ordinary people is about mm-hmm. is that there's a touch point. There's a, there's a touch point there every day. And we return to the touch point, you know, however we name that for ourselves. And that's where we see the growth and that's where we see the connection to God and others. Can I, um, can I read you a little bit of, of this, of Manny's book? Because there's, there's this incredible, this is kind of the end of the book. So it might be a little long. Is that okay with you? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, Cause I think this speaks to some of this uh, resistance as well. Mm-hmm. And in kind of a fun way. Um, so the very, I, and it kind of, I guess I'm not giving away an ending cause it's a, that's <laughs> you know, a nonfiction book, but um but this is how he closes his book. It's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and he titles this section, Surprise Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes prayer is easy. Much of the time, it's not. You're going to run into difficulties if you try to make the examine prayer a regular habit. Mm-hmm. 
Here's a sampling of complaints from people I know about. Carrie, a translator, says, it seems so artificial. I don't like going down a five-step checklist when I pray. Charlie, a hospital administrator, it depressed me. I didn't like thinking about all the things that went wrong in my day, especially the things that I had done wrong. Mm. Isabella, a college student, said, it's hard for me to believe that I can find God in the trivial and stupid stuff that goes on in my day. Dean, a salesman, said, I just got bored with it. Mm. And then here's what I love. I'd like to say that these problems are easily solved, that if you stick with it, the examine won't seem artificial, that if you pay closer, closer attention, it won't be boring, that if you get your mind off yourself, you won't be depressed, that if you persist, you'll realize that God really is in the stuff you do every day. But I can't say that problems crop up again and again in a life of prayer. Mm. I thought that is so amazing. Wow. Um, so wow. Can I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue though. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, all the usual advice about prayer applies here. Set a regular time for prayer and stick to it. Be patient when little seems to be happening. Do more listening than speaking. Be attentive. If you don't do these things, the daily examine will become the weekly examine. Then the occasional examine. The idea that spiritual growth involves discomfort shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone who is reading this book. Of all people, we Christians should know better than to think that prayer is bliss. We have the constant example of Jesus Christ to remind us that the path to freedom lies through suffering. There's one more thing you can do to keep the examine fresh. Let yourself be surprised. Um, and I'd love to hear, Dana, what you would think about this idea of surprise, um, just to, to close here. So just stick with me on the rest of this uh, this reading here, and uh, and then I'll ask you what you think about uh, the idea of being surprised or of maybe even us surprising God, which is where he goes. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, okay, so here we go. The examine is a prayer of surprises. Some surprises are unpleasant, at least initially, but most are not. You will find God in places where you never thought to look. Once in my exam, I recalled a long and inconclusive meeting that I had just been a part of. It frustrated me and I grumbled to God about it. Then a different thought popped into my head. It had been a privilege to be in that meeting. The work I do is good work. My colleagues are gifted and dedicated people. Through the meeting that I found so frustrating, I was participating in Christ's mission to save and heal the world. This line of thinking surprised me. Where did it come from? It had to have come from God. The surprises continued. My next thought was a question. How could I have participated better in that meeting? Since honest self-appraisal isn't my usual style, I figured that this thought must have come from God too. The poet Mary Carr says this about hearing God. I don't mean the voice of Charlton Heston playing Moses booming from on high, but reversals of attitude so contrary to my typical thought, so solidly true as to seem divinely eternal. We know it's God's voice because it's different. It's a surprise. And perhaps we can surprise God. One of my favorite novels is Mariette in in Ecstasy by Ron Hansen, a story about a young nun who has mystical visions. The novel ends with these words from a letter Mariette writes to a friend long after she has left the community. So here are her words. And Christ still sends me roses. We try to be formed and held and kept by him, but instead he offers us freedom. And now when I try to know his will, 
his kindness floods me, his great love overwhelms me, and I hear him whisper, surprise me. Can we surprise God? Probably not in some ultimate metaphysical sense. God knows all in his dwelling place in eternity, but in our daily relationship with Jesus, I wouldn't dismiss the idea out of hand. We crave certainty, but instead he offers us freedom. This opens the door to surprise. Even if we don't surprise God, we can surprise ourselves. And then he closes his book by basically saying, stop reading this book and go pray. (laughs) (laughs) He says it not in about two pages, but... Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So what do you think about this idea of like being surprised in the exam and even maybe God inviting us to, you know, surprise, surprise me? Yes, I absolutely. Wow. Centering prayer and centering meditation comes to mind when I'm, when I'm holding for holding, holding space for a word from God. And I never cease to be surprised by the word or phrase that comes. And or in Lectio Divina. Um, yeah, I'm just, you could knock me over with a feather. It's just, I love that. That Isn't is incredible that there is surprise on both sides. Yeah. It's just incredible. I love it. That is the gift of, of spirituality. Wow. Um, the other thing too that I think that really stands out here and I try, try to get our heads around is this idea of, we crave certainty, but instead yeah. he offers us freedom. Yes. Yes. So mm-hmm. I think about that fifth step, like the mm-hmm. the hope going into the day to come mm-hmm. or what it is that we're resolving to do. Right. Like it's really open. Wow. It is. It is indeed. Oh my goodness. There's a lot here. There's a lot yeah. of now, data see, to now mine. Now you're going to want to go and get Jim Manny's book. It's, I am. Um, I am. This is okay. great. It's, that's incredible. Wow. It's very it's very short and very readable. So I would, I'd highly recommend it. It's a great resource. Uh, alongside yours. <laughs> I've got a lot to think about. Thank you for the I've got a lot to examine. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes. This has been a lot of fun, Dana. Oh, as always, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. And I think you've already agreed to come back when I talk about Sabbath too, because oh, you're on your to. Sabbath book and yes. we are for Thank sure going to spend a season on, on Sabbath, Great. which will be wonderful, but also I think pretty challenging. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. As, it always is. All, of this is. <laughs> all of it is spiritual life. Yes. All right. Well, thank you again. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Take care. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode today, and I really hope you enjoyed this season as we focused on the examine as a spiritual practice. And I really see this as a a building block for us and something you can keep coming back to. Like I said earlier in the intro, um, it's kind of like a great practice to have in your spirituality uh, toolkit. Um, And uh, yeah, so we're going to come back with a new season. Season three will be focused all around Uh, prayer walking and sort of various forms of that and so great opportunity to get outside and walk um, and uh, spend some time in creation. Uh, If you have been enjoying these podcasts or if ever you want to uh, get in touch with me you can feel free to do that. If you head to spiritualityforordinarypeople.com you can find uh, information there on the website you can connect with me there. And uh, 
you can also leave a review on iTunes. That helps uh, the podcast become a little more visible and allows people, other people to find it. So I would really appreciate that if you took the time to leave a review or reach out and be in touch with me and let me know how you are doing in your own uh, spiritual practices as well, or if you found these things helpful for you. Uh, Yeah, thanks for listening and take care.